With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast. And here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Welcome, everybody, to the Tennis.com podcast. Uh, once again, Ed McGrogan and Steve Tigner here to uh, talk tennis. We're, we're down to really just the, uh, the last week of the, the season proper. The actual tour seasons uh, wrapped up this past weekend at the World Tour Finals. Um, I know we had some technical difficulties with the last podcast, so we obviously want to get uh, you know get our thoughts on on this tournament overall. Um, you know, I remember Steve actually last year's uh, World Tour. You know, whatever you think of of the, how this played out, uh, this was a it was a, a much I think a better version of what we saw last year. We had the really the sour taste of Federer having to withdraw in the final. There was a very lopsided round robin in 2014, if I recall. Uh, this year you had a little of that, but I did think that you got at least the matchups that you wanted, even if you know there wasn't anything that, was, um, you, that we're going to look back and say is one of the great matches of the year. But I think the players that I think deserve to be there kind of ended up where they, uh, where they belonged. Yeah, this year, you know, this year made sense. Djokovic and Federer in the final. They played Wimbledon in the Open. Nadal, you know, showing more than he had all year. Bobrinka in the semis, another slam winner. Um, You know, pretty much everybody was there. Everybody was healthy. I think, you know, if you look in the long run, long term, you know, we used to say at this time of year that the players were limping to the finish line, but that's really, that hasn't been true for a while. It feels like, Feels like the schedule makes sense, and, the, and this last tournament means something, even if it, even if there was nothing really on the line. Um, it was still a good, still a good event, um, and you know, sort of worth, worthy of the title of the year-end championships. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think that just the just the sheer volume of of what Djokovic has been able to win this year, I think that him coming into this event on you know a, a year long run but more so you know more to the point a, a, a run after the US Open that's been um pretty much flawless i think that i think that really gave this event a little more importance even to him and i think that you know you could almost say the same for Federer who who obviously was looking to to maybe get the last laugh and in a sense turn the tables kind of on maybe his most preferable surface conditions against Djokovic. And, you know, you even saw after the, you know, after the match that this, you know, this was another, this was yet another tough loss to take for, for him. Uh, he's been able to beat Djokovic more than anybody this year. He's, he's, del- he's given him half of his six total losses, but, you know, in, in every instance where th- all the chips are on the table, it's been Djokovic that's been able to cash in. 
Yeah, this tournament even was sort of, between the two of them, was a microcosm of the year. Federer won in the round robin pretty quickly. Djokovic, you know, it turns out just wasn't wasn't his day. It was probably the worst match of his of his season. Um, and that's how it had been. That's how it was in Cincinnati. Um, Federer won that match quickly. And then when they when they played the big match at the U.S. Open, I felt, you know, Djokovic was the stronger player. And I felt like Federer... Um, didn't have the same belief for whatever reason and that also proved to be true in London he won the less meaningful match but then when it came down to the final I felt like Federer wasn't as relaxed was a little looked more negative was quicker to get agitated uh, and Djokovic was just better you know when it came down to it he didn't throw it throw anything away in this match so then in that way it was sort of this felt like the final and this this last week kind of summed up the season for both of those guys and 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 their rivalry in the way it is right now. Yeah, and, you know, I think I'll say a couple things about both guys, but, you know, for Djokovic, I think I think one thing about this year in particular that's really taken him to where he is, you, you can name any number of shots, but I thought this was a big part of of his result here. Um, really, it's uh, he's serving, you know, very, very well as, as his career has gone on. I mean, he does, I, I could have, you know, said, the forehand, the court coverage, the two-hander, obviously, but that actually, in, in, in the that held true as well at Wimbledon and the Open against Federer. I mean, it was really, um, you know, you would, I think, give, I think, still even at this point, give Federer you know, the check mark on on the service column that you know he's always been able to do that, but. I think that's really been one of Djokovic's biggest improvements in his entire career when you look back to even where he was in 2011 what we are you know what we were comparing this year to but it's it's become evident that you know this is this is his um tour de force so far uh, you know just a 12 month run through everything and I think I think that's a big part of you know the foundation of his game and it's really from the first shot to the last shot of the rally there, there's no glaring opportunities to you know to kind of get get ahead on Djokovic yeah I think it's interesting it's almost you know he you know at Wimbledon we came in Federer was the, was the guy who whose serve was going to win the Wimbledon final for him because it won the Wimbledon it won the semi against Murray he was amazing with the serve but but then in the final, really, it was Djokovic's serve that was the that was the key shot of the match. I thought, and in London, in um, this past Sunday, Federer had, you know, he had had a lot of success recently attacking people second serve, moving forward. He has the saber, you know, he's sort of has rattled some people. Yeah, we didn't see too much of that. Uh, this and, week. and then and you see Djokovic came up. The key shot of this match was Djokovic's second serve of all things. He won eighty four percent of the points on the second serve, and really Federer didn't have a chance. To do anything with that shot, um, so I think you can see Djokovic scouts Federer well and reacts well um, to the. If he loses to him, he reacts well and finds a way, you know, finds a way to counter him. I think that you know, I think that happened again in London. You know, looking forward for for Djokovic here. Um, you know, I compare it to a little bit. You know, we had we had obviously another comparable season of excellence on the women's side with Serena, and I think. A lot of people are, you know, could could forecast a bit of a letdown for Serena in 2016. It just it seemed like it was the most you know draining 
experience just to get to where she was, ultimately not to win the slam, the the grand slam calendar year, but you know, it seemed like every single win, every single point seemed to just take so much out of her and you know, maybe she was the one who who in a way limped to the finish line, if you will, she really called the season off after after the open there. Now if you kind of compare it to Djokovic, I mean, it's 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 a complete 180. I mean, Djokovic has he does not look any worse for wear, and really has only seemed to improve as the year went along. I mean, do you do you foresee any type of letdown for him uh, going ahead, or you know, what does this kind of what does this year really say about him going forward? Yeah, I can't see a major letdown. The only thing I would say is. Repeating it. If you're looking for another a repeat of this year, then that's probably not going to happen. I mean, this was, you know, Federer came back after his great year of 2006, and he had a great year in 2007. Um, but that seems, you know, he wasn't quite as good. He was still. Yeah, you you did see the. Um, he still know, won three slams, but. Yep. But um, I just think that's it's going to you know I think it it will be asking a lot and. For, for Djokovic to do what he did, something along the lines of what he did this year. But I think, I also think it will be hard to imagine him not winning two majors. So it depends on what you call a letdown, I guess. Right, exactly, yeah. And, you know, and for Federer looking ahead, I, th- I think this is, a, this is a, a particularly tough assessment because I – because I really, I really l- liked what I saw from Federer for pretty much almost this entire year. We, you know, we really saw kind of. Uh, I think, I think the the influence of I, I think him switching the rackets, having some new voices in in his in his uh, in his ear, um, just rebuilding. I think some some lost confidence over time. Uh, also kind of, I think, accepting where he is amongst the game's, you know, elite players. You know, he's clearly seated the, you know, the top spot, and he you know, he's done it a while ago, but I think he's even gone out and, and really acknowledged how, you know, how great Djokovic is playing at this moment. I think, I think that all comes together and bodes very well for Federer, even at, you know, his age. Um, and, and just thinking ahead for Roger, I... You know, I I do think it's I, I do I do think it's not out of the realm to see him kind of continuing on the same path as we saw this year because you know not only for those reasons but we don't we didn't really see a lot of other competitors beyond you know the same three to four players that Federer invariably runs into at the end of most tournaments so I think. I think overall it's a tough call for you know if you want to kind of forecast ahead for Roger, but I do I think overall this year has to be seen, despite some very difficult losses as a as a as a big you know plus for him. Yeah, he you know I think he's figured out how to play at his age. You know the bigger racket, cutting making points shorter, attacking more. He has a new you know the the coaching situation has worked. The new voice. Um, all of those things have helped, and you know he had this chalked this up to one of his best years, really, for yeah. you know, consider his age and the you know he won 63 matches, won a lot of tournaments. I still find it odd that he goes into these big matches with Djokovic and suddenly doesn't have that confidence. You know, it's it's the way it used to be when he would play Nadal out of nowhere. Federer, the guy who was more confident than anyone, suddenly looked like he didn't believe he could win 
And I felt like that happened in the Wimbledon final, the U.S. Open final, and the London final when he faced Djokovic in the big match. He didn't have the same look, and he didn't have the, and he didn't play nearly as well. I don't know if that's something, you know, that's a, it's something. Whether that can be fixed, whether he, but I, I do think if he continues on this way, there's really no reason why he can't win a Grand Slam, another Grand Slam, if you take Djokovic out of the equation. The other question, I guess, for Federer going forward. How good is Nadal going to be next year? Because that's something he hasn't faced a lot. Yeah. Rafa hasn't been as good the last two years. What if Rafa's back to where he was? Then that's another that's another big obstacle for Federer. Yeah, I mean, that's a good segue to where I was going next with this is, uh, you know, Rafa uh, making the semis here. Um, you know, uh, certainly his most difficult year, you know, out of the way behind him. Um and I think that what he does going forward is is perhaps, you know, even even if you're including, you know, what does what does Djokovic do after this? How does you know Confederate kind of get past the, you know, the the last hurdle? But I think what what we see out of Nadal is probably the most compelling storyline I think of the men's game uh, going forward because I I think a lot of people you know have have some different opinions on where Rafa's career stands as a whole here. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on, on really, uh, Nadal, you know, we know about his season. It was a, it was, like I said, a, a trying one in many respects, but he did stay healthy for one. And that we pretty much haven't been able to say for almost his entire career. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think Nadal going into 2016, he's the big wild card. You know, he's the guy who could really change things. If, he still has a winning record, strong winning record over Federer, Murray, Vavrinka, and he's just at 500 with Djokovic. So if he's if he's where he was, then he's a guy who can beat anybody. Um, he changes, you know, what we were just saying about Federer. He changes the 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 expectations for guys like Djokovic, Vavrinka, Federer. If he can get back to where he was, I was I was pretty high on his chances and and where he was going this fall all the way until the last match against Djokovic and that seemed, that was kind of a sobering match he really he lost 6-3 6-3 Djokovic did play exceptionally well but you know you throw that in with the Beijing loss which was not close either you feel like he's really got a long way to go against Djokovic um, if he's going to really turn that around or challenge there I feel like that showed that match and matchup shows the weakness of Rafa's serve um, he just doesn't get as much on it, or just doesn't get as much out of it as he used to, and it just—it's you know—it's not going to that serve is not going to work against Djokovic. He's got to do something with that shot if he's going to if he's going to challenge Djokovic, and you know if he's going to do better in general. So I think that's something that's something definite that he needs that, that's got to be fixed for him. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I feel like next year. On clay in the French Open, he's he's going to challenge for the French Open again. He's going to be he's going to be in the mix there. Um, otherwise, I think we'll see. Yeah, I think that's a good point. That really Federer and Nadal do ultimately just have to answer that Djokovic question to see where things you know will fall for them. It does not seem like Djokovic is really going anywhere anytime soon. Um, maybe a, a, a parting thought for Stan Wawrinka, one of you know the years. Truthfully, more important players. If we if we look back and we and if we look at the rankings too, really, it's a, you know, it's a clear separation. Um, you know, 
you go from obviously the top of, of Djokovic, Federer, uh, Murray, of course, as well. But Stan again this year, you know, clearly put himself above the rest on you know the 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 second tier that really is is kind of in that t- has been in that tier for many years. But you know, he wins he wins a slam. He wins you know he's the only one to beat Djokovic at a Grand Slam, and he goes and makes the semis here. Um, you know, which we thought was not looking too likely after his opening round after his opening round robin match, which was sort of really a, a no show. And, uh, and, you know, Stan, I, I don't think the, you know, I don't think the the tune changes too much for him. It, it, he's really, you know, he's, he might be the ultimate wild card in a one week or two week tournament because we've seen how just, you know, how devastating he can be if, if he, if he just is, is seeing the ball and hitting the ball as well as he can hit it. But, you know, overall, it's. Um, I, I think that's where we put Ravrinka, and you have to look, of course, uh, at this year as you know yet another uh, n- another feather in his late career cap. Yeah, I think, you know, I think expectate. You know, for me anyway, with Stan, expectations have really changed. When I think about his season, I and when, before I looked at the statistics of, of what he's done this year, I sort of thought, well, maybe it was a little disappointing. Maybe he was his usual up and down self, but. Look at the stats. That's not true. He won four tournaments, which is almost as many as he'd won in his in his entire career before this year. And he made it. He was the only other guy besides Djokovic to make the quarters or better at all the majors. So he's consistent now. Um, for, you know, he still throws in a bad match. He's not a, as consistent as Murray. But on the other hand, I would take him in a in a big match over Murray pretty much any time now. So I I think you can say there's a big five at this point, and Bob Rink is part of it. Um, you know, I guess the question is going to be 31. Like, is this? He's still getting better, still getting more confident. Is but is is the aging process going to get in the way? I think, I think he's got at least one more year when he's really there's going to be. He's still on a definite upswing. Um, and I think you know, I think one, another slam next year is is a real possibility. He also may have uh, you know next year with the Olympics too. That's something to to remember with his medal potential. There are a lot of. Uh, possible routes to the uh, podium when it comes to Switzerland and uh, you know what they have on the on their tennis roster, of course. Yeah, somehow I could see him winning the Olympic gold that Federer hasn't won. I don't know that suddenly that that, yeah, that would be something. Yeah, that would be uh, one to kind of always have in the record book. That's <laughs> that would be interesting. Um, so you know, Murray is actually the one you know we just alluded to there. Um, he is the only top player whose season still remains. Um, he will compete this week, leading Great Britain into the Davis Cup final against Belgium. Um, a lot of obviously non-tennis events that are that are putting a sort of a, a cloud, I guess, on the sort a lot of uncertainty. I think about uh, the tie overall, but you know, I think the show will go on here. Uh, that's what they've been saying, of course, and. You know, for Murray, we, you know, I think that I think that with the Davis Cup final coming up, I don't think he really takes, uh, you know, takes an early earlier exit out of London, you know, too hard. Um, I do think if you know to kind of include him in this discussion of where things go, um, I sort of do still have high. I sort of do hold out hope for Murray um, after 
I think he has essentially clinched the number two ranking. Uh, there are actually points available for Davis Cup, but I think overall this was, you know, a very strong. Obviously, he could, he could finish as high as the rankings a year end that he's done. I still think he's kind of overdue in a way for really a, a great a, another slam run, truthfully, because I think you know we've seen it before in years past, and I think he is kind of due for that. Um, and as we've seen before, you know, the Davis Cup, you know, has led to greater individual success down the road. You know, Murray is in a little different spot than players who've done that before him. Um, Djokovic is a good example, you know, that in that Murray has, you know, obviously long been an established player. Uh, but he's going to get a, a chance here to do, you know, a, a very significant thing for Britain, who, you know, for years has not had the you know they've had the you know the Wimbledon hope or, or you know but they've they've had the individual but rarely have they come rarely have they put together a uh, a team that has competed for this Davis Cup and it's a pretty odd year to see you know Belgium going 111 years without a final appearance against Britain who has a, a title drought that's extremely long on their own right um, it's a pretty compelling final for a lot of reasons, and you know, Murray I think is a big part of that. Yeah, I mean Murray is you know, I, I think he's going to play well in Davis Cup, and he's going to win his matches no matter what happens. Whether that leads, whether a title would lead to a, a jump like Djokovic is, that's a kind of a long shot. Is Murray's t- going to be twenty nine? Um, I really feel like he's in the same situation as. Federer and Rafa, he's got a lot. He's as as good as he was, and he you know he he beat everybody he should beat. He's really distanced himself from everybody except the top guys, but he really struggled against, against those top guys. Lost fifteen of his last sixteen to Djokovic and Federer combined. He, you know, I don't. I think Stan is a more dangerous player. I don't think he's he's lost his last two to Stan. He lost to Rafa in London as well, and you know. Rafa's a guy who has con- traditionally beaten Murray when he's been good. Um, so I don't, I'm not sure exactly where Murray goes. You know, he's, he's been excellent at, at staying consistent and, and staying in there just despite taking a lot of late, a lot of tough losses to the, to, the, to the top guys. He can't seem to break through there. I don't really know how with his game, his sort of risk-averse game, where, the, where, where he, how he takes the next step without getting some help from, from people. But but um, you know he's 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 I think he's sort of built a foundation this year. So we'll see what he can do. He's got the you know the coaching situation is set up. He's he's healthy again from his back it seems, um, and now it's sort of like how do you how do you work on really beating these couple of guys that who, who he hasn't beaten? Yeah, what else about this Davis Cup final maybe beyond Murray uh, is kind of the the, the big talking points or the questions surrounding this tie. You know, the other players involved are going to be Steve Darsis for Belgium. Uh, We'll have Andy's brother, Jamie Murray, will be, uh, you know, he will be a factor in doubles as well. James Ward, you had him uh, previously involved in some some pretty important Davis Cup victories uh, in his own right. David Goffin will be the other uh, singles representative for Belgium. 
I guess just, you know, maybe, you know, as we look at this a few days out, you know, some of the, the questions that you have for both of these two. Yeah, the, I guess the, you know, I would expect Murray to win twice. He's been so solid in Davis Cup, win his two singles matches there. You know, fight. where does Belgium come up with three? And so they have to win the other two singles matches. That's generally been doable against Great Britain. Great Britain's second player, whoever it is, is not going to be on the same level as Gofan and probably not on the same level as Darcy's. Uh, then he really it could come down to the doubles, um, and that's where the you'll see whether it would. I think the Brits would like to have Murray and Murray out there if if Andy can win quickly on the first day and play the doubles. That's that's how they did it in the semis, and and that's how they got through. And Jamie Murray obviously is an excellent doubles player, one of the top. He's made himself into one of the best in the world. So there, I mean, maybe it comes. You know, it, it's going to come down to that. It's a little. It's you never know what's going to happen. Those matches. Those matches this year for the Brits have been five have been amazing doubles matches. You know that's that's what this one could hinge on. I guess the Belgians really can't afford they can't afford a bad another singles loss or they're or it's going to be over quickly. So I, I think you know the Great Britain comes in because of Murray with with a, a definite advantage. Yeah, it's um, like I said, it's it's kind of an unexpected uh, pairing, but you know these often I think. You know, lead to some pretty, pretty outstanding Davis Cup moments, and I think that is, you know, in the end, what we'll kind of what we'll end up seeing here, um, as uh, as this goes on. You'll have a, a preview of this event uh, later in the later in the week as well. So, um, stay tuned for that. And like I said, thank you all for listening to this week's edition of the Tennis.com podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week once again. Thank you. You've been enjoying the Tennis.com podcast. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.